0: it's the next level warning the following podcast may contain spoilers listener discretion is advised
1: hey look nate i
0: just wish you told me what was going on honestly i thought i could put out the fire before anyone noticed Ah, now I know how you must have felt all those times you had to duck out of the family gatherings. You're the guy they called if there was a disaster. And I may have also been looking for a way to get out of the house. You old so-and-so. Sir, I know what you're thinking, but I can assure you this will never happen again.
1: You're damn right it won't. I'm gonna greenlight additional funding to fast-track the completion of your containment facility. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you so much, sir. That will help a lot.
1: And your mother is going to kill us?
0: Not necessarily. Perks of time travel. We can portal back into the second after we left.
1: That's fantastic. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, let's make like a tree and leave. Mm, I'm not sure that's how it goes, but...
1: primers into this issue 124 of the dc primetime podcast from the spotlight here on the next level podcast network i am ben beck
0: and from the capping crew cast of pods i am rob martin
1: and you might be able to tell by the sound quality that we're doing things as we did a couple weeks ago with rob and i face to face rob having just woken up probably about A half hour ago. 30
0: minutes ago. ago. You can tell by the bags under my eyes.
1: And me having just woken up about uh, 15 hours ago. Yeah. I have not slept at all. And it is about 9.35 on a Sunday morning. Woohoo! So, um, yeah, I'm surprisingly awake and full of energy. I got a cup of coffee and I'm good to go, man. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, let's just jump right into things. There's really not a lot. Well... First things first, we hope everybody out there had a great Thanksgiving because we did have Thanksgiving this past week. That we did, and yeah, that's really
0: (laughs) hey. It uh, was fun. I mean, food, and I feel like I gained about ten pounds. Oh,
1: yeah, I weighed myself this morning, and I was
0: I I weighed mine the other day, and I was like, oh, I am sad. (laughs) So I weighed myself this morning, and.
1: Uh, yeah, I I gotta do I gotta jump back into some heavy exercise uh, uh, relatively
0: I've, soon. I've, I can uh, quick 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 aside. Uh, I have been exercising like crazy, um, and it's all for not. Thank body, you. Body by Beat Saber. I'll put it that way. <laughs> that's oh, that's right. I hurt so bad. I want to try that at some point today. Before yeah, absolutely, I leave. but I can tell you, I hurt so bad. <laughs> And I've been playing it. The only day I didn't play it was yesterday because I was hurting from playing Beat Saber and then going to a concert that I was dancing at nonstop. Nice. So my body hurts.
1: <laughs> well, that explains the bags under your eyes and why you look so tired.
0: Yeah, well, that and just, uh, I think we've had something to do like every night since Wednesday. So I'm like, oh, I'm just exhausted. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, and that's like, I was surprisingly busy this
0: week for Thanksgiving week. That always happens for some odd reason. I don't know why. And it, just, it just does.
1: And it's the main reason why I actually took, like, I, I took a nice low-key Thanksgiving. I did Thanksgiving for one in my small little apartment, and man, it was so nice. I didn't have to get out of of pants. I, I could let the dishes sit until
0: I was ready to do them. I was questioning if I was not going to be wearing pants or necessarily <laughs> still in pajamas by the time you got here. And I was just like, maybe I'll just stay that way for the day. I don't care. I,
1: I wouldn't have cared at all.
0: I, it's, I mean, well, then it's, after this podcast, I know what I'm doing. Go
1: put some, some pajama pants on. It's fine with me. I mean, Hell yeah. Shit, we've done Extra Life and oh, yeah. where we're all in like pajama pants and everything. We've had a pajama party here before. Yeah. I
0: think you do another one of those. Another cartoon it. day. Man. That was a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: Uh, but we hope you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving as well, but it's time to jump back into things. We have four episodes to talk about this week, uh, those being the new episodes of, of course, Supergirl, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, and The Flash. For those of you unfamiliar with the platform and familiar with the format, we go through first and we give our 1-3 to three point ranking of each episode, that being sidekick, hero, or legend, sidekick being eh. Hero being okay and legend being holy shit, that was awesome. And then we'll go back and we'll review the episodes. We'll break them down a little bit. So, first things first, starting off with Supergirl, season four, episode six. Sidekick, Hero or Legend.
0: Supergirl's getting a legend again. Um, I know some people didn't like this episode. I thoroughly thought it was fantastic and it was continuing the plot in a really good way. Yeah,
1: um I'm torn. I I wanna give it- I, I wanna give it a legend.
0: Manchester Black comes back, man. No,
1: and that's the reason why I want to he bump it in awesome. the Legend, because I love Manchester Black. I'm so thrilled with his character, but...
0: I we... Brainiac fighting, man. That was the other... Okay,
1: you know what? That, that was enough. I completely it forgot is, I'm about going that. to beat you
0: with physics. Yes. You know what? <laughs> so...
1: Being reminded of that, because it has been a couple of days since I watched it, I'm going to put it in Legend. That's yeah. Brainiac's fight. It's so funny, too, because um, I, I, I had dinner with my mom on Wednesday, because I wasn't spending Thanksgiving with her... And she had already watched Supergirl, so I watched it with her there. And right before that scene came up, I could tell my mom was into the episode because she looked at me, she's like, oh, this is going to be... She's like, this is pretty cool. This is a lot of fun. And I'm like, what? And then I watched the whole scene. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a legend as well.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, next up, we have Arrow Season 7, Episode 6, Sidekick, Hero, or Legend?
0: Hero. Not getting anywhere closer than a middling hero at best. <laughs>
1: uh Oh God, I'm right there with you. I, I hate to say it, It's it was a good episode last week, and then, oh God, there's one thing that just keeps dragging these episodes down, and we'll get into that in the breakdown. Yep. It's not one thing, it's one person, and it's one character, rather.
0: Um, and I actually have a good discussion point for, for that.
1: Okay. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go mid-level hero for that one as well. Absolutely. Next up, we have Legends of Tomorrow, Season Four, Episode Five: Sidekick, Hero, or Legend?
0: Ooh, that's tough. Legend. <laughs> <laughs> have
1: we been legend across the board for Legends all no, season? I have,
0: well, last, I think, two episodes I've given it heroes. In the last two, I think you gave it a hero last week too. Did I? As okay, well. I can't yeah. remember.
1: Uh, I know. Oh man, I can't wait till we start the breakdown because.
0: Shad, you probably, as soon as you watched it, you were like, well... Oh, he did.
1: He, he, when I, I posted about this, when oh, I yeah, watched you- it last night, and he commented, he's like, oh yeah, I was waiting for you to, to get to that. <laughs> we got something I've been wanting all season, we finally got it, and... Probably one of many. It was enough that had this been the worst episode of the season, I still would have put it in Legend <laughs> just for that. But we'll get to that in the breakdown. And last but not least, we have the Flash season five, episode six: Sidekick, Hero, or Legend?
0: Uh, again, a hero. Um, I think the Flash is a really fun show this season. Um, it, it still uh, needs to tighten up a little bit. Agree, um, but it's a high hero for me. I'm yeah.
1: not going to bump it in the legend.
0: Yeah, uh, high, high hero, probably about a seven. Yeah, yeah. It, it's setting
1: up some stuff for the future of the series, but um, I think you're right. I think it needs to kind of solidify what it's going after at this point. Um, I'm still a little confused about um, Chris Ostriker. I mean uh, Cicada. <laughs> I still look at him as Chris Ostriker from from American Pie, although a little bit less this episode. I will admit that. All right, so let's go back to the start. And jump into some discussion and break down these episodes a little bit more. Starting with Supergirl episode 6 of the fourth season, Call to Action. As everyone gathers for Thanksgiving, Kara is feeling down after her televised debate with Ben Lockwood. James and Lena argue about the best way to handle the Children of Liberty. So, as you mentioned, uh, first off, right off the bat, we got the return of Manchester Black. Yep. After... I think last ep- last week we didn't get any Manchester. No, we got him a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I think it was two weeks ago <coughs> that we we had Manchester Black, um, and kind of take that dark turn at the end of the episode. And now we're seeing a little bit more of that. He's gone rogue. He's gone vigilante, full right. on vigilante. Oh yeah, where he's he had that police officer tied up, held hostage. Oh yeah, uh, in, uh, in his and very
0: much murdered by the end of that yeah. episode. Um, and I apologize too if uh, either of us cough. Uh because we're doing this, uh that's the downside, the way that we are, we have no cough button. So it <laughs> yeah. makes it makes things a little tricky, so I apologize. Yeah. Uh
1: but yeah, that was um I, I love seeing the return of Manchester Black. I
0: wish we're yeah. gonna see a lot more of him and John come to head. Yes. Yeah, and and I, I'm looking forward to watching that that friendship deteriorate. Um because you can see them getting gonna be ended up being built up more and more and more. But he's gonna be a really fun character this season. Um, I, I, I hope I hope he gets a good handful of episodes. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I, I hope they set him up as a returning character, reoccurring down the, for next season or so. I or do, too. Before. I mean,
1: in only two episodes that we've seen him, he's already... God, when we do the annuals, he's already leading the pack for favorite character of the season.
0: Yeah, um, I, he's... And honestly, um, I, I, I know it's early to talk about this, but I actually might give it to Sam Witwer as well. Because, man, oh, man, are he's, they... I, is the Ben Lockwood character and a, a fantastic villain so yeah. far. Um, like he's the first time that there's been that mastermind in the Arrowverse that you really desperately believe. And it's one of those things like, that one, he's so two-faced. That it's so, but he does it so perfectly.
1: And, and he's one of those villains. He's one of those big bads of the season that it throws you off because he's human. He's not an
0: alien. He's not like he's not like Zod or... he's And he's not like a character like Diaz or any... He reminds me the most of Prometheus. He's a, he's a normal human
1: being character whose motivations are driving him because he feels what he's doing is right. right. And those are some of the most dangerous villains that you could have in a series. Yeah. And he's playing it perfectly. And I'm so glad that he's getting a little redemption from his Doomsday run in Smallville because that was horrible.
0: But I mean, yeah, he's he he's just psychotic and uh, and a sociopath, and it's he's fascinating to watch because I love the fact that it's we haven't even seen him fight once. Do it's, you think we
1: will though? Because I don't know if he's a trained fighter. I think he's just a symbol at this point.
0: Well, again, th- here's my thought because it very much connects to this episode. We see Lena working with a Harranell this episode. And while she's doing some research and trying to find a way to stop tumor growths in hearts and stuff like that for, like, cancer research, we see her trying to, like, every time it fails, incinerating the hearts. Mm. Like, okay, well, that's contaminated, so we got to kill this cell. And then they introduce the L in the one heart, and they find out, hey, they just made it impervious. Who do you think going to end up with that? It, possibly, possibly Ben Lockwood. But and I, that's I, my I, guess. Is I, now you're going to have a super-powered person
1: but i think there could also be i think there could also be a possibility it could go to james
0: i think there's a possibility that it could go to james but i don't think they're going to make james olsen impervious suddenly unless they find a way to undo it i mean there's a possibility yeah
1: if if they find a way to reverse it i could see it going to james if it's something that's permanent i think there i think there would have to be a reversal at some point because if you gave it to Ben Lockwood how would you stop him if he's impervious there's got to be a way to reverse it
0: well again think about it she, you know Kara has if if they're making them as strong as uh, kryptonians she's already stopped a couple of them already that's true. so it's not like it's a big stretch that's true so
1: but i mean you're you're what we've seen of Ben Lockwood already is that he is somebody who's willing to do these things to other people he's not willing to do them himself like when it came to parasite parasite gave that gave that I forget the guard's name, but gave him all these abilities. Oh, Agent Jensen, yeah, gave yeah. Jensen all these abilities. Why would he not do that to himself? It would have made him a better person in that regard. Then. I,
0: I think we see why in this episode, though. We see him take that moment where we've seen him this this vicious, kind of underhanded person. That's kind of the puppet master behind it all, I'm just pulling yeah. the strings. But we see him walk into his ho- uh, his home where you can tell his family has no idea what's going on. They don't know the person he's really kind of become. Oh, his family's clueless. To that and thing. I think that that's why. I think he doesn't want to get too dirty to the point. He wants to set the chessboard up and watch it play out. Like he's got, he's basically kind of like, he's got everybody else, like his pawns and his he, he, his knights in the, on the field he wants and an he's exit. moving them. He
1: wants an exit strategy.
0: And he has one and it works really great for him. Yeah. And we're now going to see him take the next step in evolution. We find out in this episode he keeps appearing on you know this debate show. We found out by the end of the episode he's going to get his own show. So now he's going to be kind of become like this alt right symbol, technically, yeah. in Supergirl terms for the alien versus human kind of piece. He's
1: the Tommy Lauren of Supergirl. Right?
0: Yeah, like he's the Alex, He's going to be the Alex Jones. All these yeah. little pieces, the Sean Hannity, uh, and I think that's a really that's the one thing I really will say. The way that they're turning modern day politics into this show are working way too well. Oh,
1: it's so reflective of it's today. They, they had it's Agents
0: of Liberties carrying tiki torches in one scene mm-hmm. before Manchester Black yes. went, wiped the four of them out. Um, so like, it's a heavy reflection. We were really concerned about that with this, this year. But it's working. And it's really, really working. I think it's because the message they're saying is heavy-handed. Because they're writing for a younger audience, mm-hmm. but I will say it's not in the way that we talked about in previous things like the, the gun laws and things like that. They're, they're, they're doing it the way that Supergirl does it best, and I think if they stay on this path, I think they're in fine shape. Yeah. I don't think they have anything to worry about this season. I know. I agree with you completely. And their characters are growing in really great ways. Like, Kara was kind of naive in the beginning of the season, and we're seeing her kind of wake up we're seeing Alex kind of being pushed down, and we're now watching both of them rise up and say, no, 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 that's not how the DEO works. and
1: that that was one of the things I wanted to bring up, too, was that whole moment with Alex and Colonel Haley when she finally stands up to Colonel Haley and says, no, I'm the leader that I am because I do what I do, and take it or leave it. Like, this is who I am. It's like, if you can court-martial me, that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it was great to see Alex step up, and it was almost really cool to see... Colonel Haley just kind of accept it. Because she wouldn't have saluted, you know, Alex has her stand-up moment to Colonel Haley. Then she salutes her, as in, like, this is who I am. I still respect you, and I'm here to do the job, but this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it my way. And Colonel Haley saluting her back was a nice way of kind of accepting it. Like, okay, this is how it's going to be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I think the way that all that operated was perfect. I think that that storyline ran... Exactly what we needed to. We didn't see a lot of John this week, but I think it's because we're gonna we're gonna probably see a lot of him. Very very soon. Yeah, I, I would expect um, that as well. Yeah, you know, we, we're seeing him as kind of the conscience uh, the conscience of the the group. We do also see that Lena and James have a rough go with each other this week because of his decision to go meet and interview one of the agents of Liberty, um, which Lena is obviously very very much against, as is most of the rest of the DEO team. Uh, and Team Supergirl, as far as um, kind of trying to work with people like that?
1: Well, I think it's because, it, you, if you look at it a little bit, it, in the sense of that, these people, these these Children of Liberty are telling these people a, a version of a story to convince them that they need to be on their side. And, right. And I think James is falling for it. Yeah. And I think we're going to see a little bit more of a fracture between Team Supergirl and Guardian.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And I, I, I think you're going to see more of a vigilante, vigilante role from him this season. Not agreeing with what Supergirl and Alex and all of them are doing and not agreeing with what the Agents of Liberty are doing, obviously, and just kind of forging his own path, which I think is a smart move for his character. Um,
1: you think, because I kind of took it as in like, I think well, he's no, going to he, team he, up with... I think he's going to... He's not going to team case. up with
0: them. I think what we saw at the end of the episode is we saw him get... Basically, you know, they're like, oh, you want to meet... The actual Agent of Liberty? I know people that get him. He's like, well, when? It's like, no. And he gets black bagged essentially. Yeah. And, but he goes along with it. Well, it didn't seem like he was very pleased about the way that that whole thing went down. True. And I'm pretty sure that's also because something bad is going to happen to James next episode. So, um, I it seems more like he's getting kidnapped and they're going to try to use something on him to kind of make him what people... Well,
1: because I think Ben Lockwood has a plan of creating a new warrior... Yeah, a, a, a new physical presence for the children of liberty like a physical oh leader. my
0: god i'm an idiot Night and I didn't see this in my head okay what color are the masks of the agents of liberty gold uh-huh guardian oh, yeah maybe we're about to see that costume change we've been curious about for and some that's time.
1: and that was kind of the point i was getting at a little bit earlier is i don't think ben lockwood is he's not he's the voice he's not the presence right. i think he's trying to make james the actual presence it's another guy in a steel mask, just like he is. He can be the voice, especially now with his own show, yeah, which I, is why I think there could also be a chance that James is the one.
0: I don't think he's going to do it willingly, though. I think there's no, they're, no. They're, they're going to do something to him, and I think which is going to be interesting because down the road we're going to have a Supergirl from Russia doing things that are going to screw up everybody's personal views on Supergirl. So I think it's going to be interesting because we're going to have two characters probably on the outs. By mid, like mid-season like break.
1: Do we think these storylines are going to converge? Or do we think one's going to come to... Pretty much just to converge. an end. They're or... going to
0: converge. Um I think they're definitely going to converge. Because think about it. It's... If you've played Spider-Man... For anybody out there that's played Spider-Man for PS4. Think about J. Jonah a Jameson in that game. He's essentially Alex Jones. True. You now have Ben Lockwood who is on the air. And now can be like, look. Look at what Supergirl is doing. So of course that story is going to converge. Okay. Alright. He's not going to be controlling her at all. But... He now has a target that he can well, say I, I, and make the public afraid of Supergirl. And
1: I could also see it in a way that he also has another weapon. If he can't get James to join his side, somehow if he gets this Russian Supergirl on his side, he now can turn Supergirl against everybody too. It's very Be- possible. Because people yeah. are going to think she's the real Supergirl.
0: Yep. So Anything can happen. So I'm looking forward to seeing where this is going to go. Uh, but yeah, uh, we do see a tiny little bit of Nia uh, this week. Yeah. Um, Kind of tipping off to the fact that she, her character is dreamer. Yes. Um, basically, her playing it off that she's a narcoleptic. I had to so.
1: explain that to to a couple people um, over who she was going to become.
0: Yeah, and so like I said, we dissolved the beginning hints of that, mm-hmm. but I think it's going to be a couple of weeks before we see that payoff. Yeah, um, I think the only other thing I,
1: I I can really bring up before we move on is
0: um, the brainy scene. The brainy, well, brainiac scenes in general this week again. Another really funny, strong <laughs> week from him. When, when he's w- at the beginning of the
1: episode, when they're trying to get him to keep it on the hush-hush, and he's...
0: He's like, sure, I'm going to continue on inconspicuously <laughs> yeah. as best as possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, really well it. done. Uh, he He's doing a fantastic and job. And fighting
1: with physics. Or uh, which, beating them with physics.
0: And that was fantastic. Yes. Another great scene. Uh,
1: yeah, that was a lot of
0: fun. Uh, but yeah, I'm really thoroughly enjoying so far... Uh, This season, so...
1: I am too, yeah. Uh, Again, worthy of the legend that we gave it this week. Uh, Looking forward to this coming week. uh, Rather the Fallen Angel. James falls in deeper with the Children of Liberty in his efforts to meet Agent Liberty. Meanwhile, Supergirl and Manchester Black follow a lead on Agent Liberty's location, but things take a dark turn.
0: I wonder why. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) exactly. Uh, Lena kicks off her first set of trials. Okay, so it's going to be the human trials on the... um, What's it called?
0: Uh, the Heronal. all. that's it, yeah. Uh,
1: all right, moving on to Arrow this week. Season 7, Episode 6, due process. Slapside becomes even more dangerous after a guard is murdered and everyone is a suspect. Felicity enlists help from a surprising source in her pursuit of Diaz, and Laro flexes her muscles as the district attorney. So, um,
0: best thing off of the, about this episode, right off the bat. First time, Anatoly refers to himself as the KG Beast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, which was awesome. Yes. That was really awesome. And I will say, every time he comes back to portray that character... He's a lot of fun. He, I love his character. Yeah. I'm so happy that we're, we we got more and Granted, it seems like it's going to be a while before we see Anatoly again. But... Well, because he slips on
1: an American accent. He's going to... Uh, Wisconsin?
0: No, he was going to the islands, I think. Somewhere. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah. I can't remember. Um... But yeah, I was I was very very pleased with with, with his uh, his character again this week. Uh, yeah, but, he's
1: sticking well, around. No thanks to Felicity.
0: Oh God! All right, so <laughs> let's let's get that part out of the way. Okay. Um, yeah, because it's
1: probably going to be a majority of our conversation
0: about this right. episode. So, for those of you out there that do still thoroughly enjoy Felicity's character this season, I, I wish somebody would send me a message and tell me why, because I need to see, try to see this from another lens. I'm having a very difficult time being comfortable with her character this season. And I think I know why. And I think it's really no one's fault except the writers at this point. Because if you think about it, Felicity, when she came to the show, she was this plucky, quirky character that kind of became the heart of the team. Like, at first you're like, okay, maybe it's Diggle. And then you're like, no, it's actually really Felicity. She's keeping things moving together. Uh, and She's keeping Team Arrow Focused on their mission, helping them through their problems, and is kind of becoming their conscience. That progresses, and then they also made her a love interest. What are the two things she doesn't have so far this season? Her love interest is not she's had one scene with this entire season so far. Yeah. And there is no team arrow. No, the team's fractured. So she has How, her character doesn't have purpose. However, that is her problem.
1: This is the time first this is the first time this season we've seen the team back
0: together. Minus Oliver. Right. But that's the problem, though. For her character, because what they've done with her from the start to now has been only in those two roles. She has Her character is aimless. She has no purpose, so they don't know what to do with her. They haven't built her to be anything but, okay, she's really quirky. Or she is this person that's madly in love with Oliver, and Oliver's madly in love with her. Or she's the conscience of a team, or the person that's kind of the tactician of it. She's not. She's none of those things this season. Then they're like, well, maybe we'll give her this hard edge. And I'm like, it doesn't work. Because they keep having her put one foot in, and then they pull that foot out. Yeah. And I'm like, you need to make a choice. It's the same thing that they they had a problem with her character and the relationship with Ollie. is like, they're like, are you going to have them together or not? You need to do it and make a decision. And they're so afraid to make decisions with her character. I don't get it, and I don't understand why. But all I can say is it's really hurting the show and her character in a horrible way at this point. It
1: almost seems like they're trying to write her kind of, sort of, as an Ethan Hunt character, like, from Mission Impossible. And it doesn't work.
0: It She's, doesn't work with
1: her. because It doesn't like, work with her character. If they
0: want to do that with Diggle, absolutely. It would work perfectly If you want to do Diggle. it with Renee, even if you want to do that with Dinah, all those characters, that, that fits their MO, uh, yeah. because they have that edge. We've seen them take bad risks. Felicity is this one where I'm like... They're too afraid to take her overboard. And which kind of irritated me because even in the flash forwards, the whole story was like, oh, well, Felicity is dead. She died a few weeks ago. None of us in the viewership does not believe that at all. No, I don't believe she's dead. And And that was was the dumbest pull on that whole storyline. I'm like, why would you say that? Because it's... They have to know... As writers right now, the reaction that people are giving to what her character's doing so far this season. And then they're like, she's dead. And now you're kind of giving people wish fulfillment. And that's not a smart move for a character that people are not really vibing with. Because it does make those people... know what it does? It creates the DC classic voting should Jason Todd live or die oh, when this bomb goes yeah. off? Because that's what it does. And I really hate for them to do that with her character. She was somebody that a lot of us really like latched onto and thoroughly enjoyed. And when they write her well, she's a fantastic character. The problem is they seem like they don't know how to write her. And they don't know what to do.
1: I will say, though, that one of the big differences between last season and this season was that they were having a major problem figuring out how to write for almost all the characters. This season, at least, it's narrowed down to one. All the other storylines that we're getting from Oliver in prison, you know, Diggle uh, working for Argus and, you know, with Renee and Dinah, even with Katie Cassidy as Black Siren, all of those stories are coming together pretty well. It's just the Felicity story is lost. Well,
0: I mean, I still think NTA, uh, like New Team Arrow, are still a little aimless as characters. They really are kind of feeling like extra weight at the moment because so many storylines are happening. Because if you really think about it, Laurel's story is really intertwined with a little bit of Dinah, but very yeah. minimal, uh, and Felicity. But primarily, we're starting to see her take the reins of her story by herself, which I'm really pleased yeah, to see. Yeah, um, Renee hasn't done much. He's just kind of will show up every once in a while. Curtis is the same way. It's they're they're there because they're trying to remind us, hey, these guys are characters too. Because everything is so split up and fractured that no, nobody's they, they, they can't run eight stories at a time. They just don't have the screen time. Because they have these flash-forwards and all this stuff, and that may only be seven minutes of an episode, but still, that could be enough for one character to have a little bit more light on them. Mm-hmm. So for them to waste screen time with so many people not getting a, the spotlight on Felicity, she cried three times in this episode. <laughs> yeah, that's you a, pointed that out to me, That's a lot. Too. That's a lot, because when you consider... Tell me, tell me what Renee did this week. Uh, he came as backup in the one
1: scene and he just happened to show up. Right. And nobody knew he was gonna show up. You right. just hear I, that voice and you turn around and
0: oh he's there. But I mean that's 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 kind of the downside right now. It's yeah. like you have characters that I'm really curious what their next motivations and steps are at this point. Because I really don't know what Renee's purpose and goal is right now. Like
1: I will I will kinda of say though, when it comes to NTA, I, I do wish that they would do more with them.
0: But I think it's coming.
1: But I think I actually kind of like their current positions. I like. I, I think Curtis has more meaning, uh, has a more meaningful role working, you know, uh, that position with Argus. I think Rene is able to focus on his family while still doing what he's doing. Dinah working, uh, you know, as a lieutenant in the in the police department works well. When everything comes back together, Oliver's out of prison. He takes the he takes the hood back on. You know, I kind of like this being back to. Oliver and Felicity together in the Arrow Cave with Diggle and Curtis working in Argus, but all of them still working together. Yeah. I don't think they all need to converge in the Arrow Cave unless there's something out there. I like the fact that they're actually focusing on that they have other lives outside of this. And I think that's something that we were missing and one of the reasons why we didn't like NTA last season was because it was too much NTA. I think they're still trying to find that balance. balance
0: yeah. yeah, and I think you're right. I think that's that's true. And while I do enjoy, it, I just would like to start seeing a little bit more of them because. But I think again, you're right. They're being smart because there was so much of a bad taste for our mouths on those characters at the end of last season. Yeah, that they're maybe slowly built, having us get kind of build our trust back up. I think Beth Schwartz is making maybe the right call with that. Then I think I didn't really think about it from that perspective. So. Yeah, I fully agree with you. But on you that. look
1: at you—we're six seasons into this episode, and with the exception We're six episodes into the season. Oh, <laughs> did I say six seasons? Yeah, we're six episodes into this season, and I think you brought this up last week. With the exception of Renee's as Wild Dog once,
0: yeah, that's a single, and
1: uh, this Secret Green Arrow a couple instances. We haven't seen any of these guys suit up,
0: and I'm okay with that right now. I, I think I, it's working. I think it's still working really well. But you know what? Though, like at the same time, too, we're also seeing um, a lot less super heroics. Across the Arrowverse this season,
1: like yeah. Flash
0: is the big exception. I mean, Supergirl, even Supergirl has kind of pulled mi- it back a little bit. Well, I mean, they have the D.E.O. like having her leashed in too. Yeah. So, I mean, like you think about it, aside from the Flash and like the Legends, their their suit up is like, hey, we're we're dressed as hippies this week. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> they but, wear different costumes every week, right? And but I mean, like I said, I it's been it's been very different across the Arrowverse this year. And I think um, I think we're because we're getting so close to the crossover. That's why. Because I think once that kind of veil lifts off, all bets are off. Yeah. And I think that's a cool thing. And I'm really liking the fact that the direction but again with Arrow this week, um, you know, there was a couple other things that like of course we saw coming. Like pretty much the inside plot in the prison was really, really thin again this week. Um because last week was such a strong week in the prison sequences. Yeah, last week was um, a fantastic week. And with, this was kind Talia of like, and, yeah, I yeah. mean, this week we we pretty much got near the end of the prison well, I think, arc.
1: I think this coming week is the final episode of the prison arc. But it
0: was kind of like, hey, surprise, surprise, Ollie's good friend inside wasn't actually wrongfully accused of murder. He is a murderer. Big I, shock.
1: I, I we call, I called something up with
0: Stanley weeks ago. I, the first time he uttered that, I'm like, I, I really don't buy it. But
1: now the question is, is Oliver going to do anything about it before he's out? Because he's out next week, or this coming week.
0: Well, here's now an interesting question that you have. Does he help save Bronze Tiger? Yeah, because he's been wrongfully accused. And you know what? I'd kind of like to see that. Because I would really like to see when those three get out, how that's going to impact things. Or, here's the other thing that could actually work really well for this, this season. Maybe Slabside gets shut down because of everything that went down, because the federal investigation, like, no, they're brutally abusing people because of this. They've released the prisoners. But would
1: they, but see, I don't think that's how the prison system works, though. They wouldn't just up and release the prisoners. It's the Arrowverse. I would not be surprised. That's true. They would they would move them to a new facility if they shut Slabside well, down. Here's the thing though. But they could escape in the process well, of moving to another facility.
0: That's very true. Well, yeah. but the biggest thing is this. How else is Oliver getting out?
1: They're gonna they're gonna free him with they're gonna free him with the court case.
0: Yeah, but that's all that they're doing with that though, they even mentioned in this episode, is that they're in doing a federal investigation into Slabside's abuse of their prisoners. This is not because of its Slabside's abuse on Oliver. It's the entire prisoners. They, I, they, they He lost his appeal. You have to remember, that's that means that's done. So they now have to look at the prison. So how do you get him out? Do you have to get everybody else out? And here's the thing then. Ta-da, here's your villain of the week. Here's the people that got out of Slabside. And they're now running loose in Star City. You just set up yourself to well, we don't have much to do this week. We now have to start rounding up prisoners from Slabside. Yeah, but I
1: don't know if that works, though, because that means it has to work in one of two ways. It means either they... If Oliver gets out because they closed out Slabside, it means either, one, Oliver's an, escape, an escapee and is now a fugitive again, which is what he didn't want, or, two, they literally just went in the Slabside and said, you know what, we're, we're shutting this place down, opening the doors and saying, there you go, which... Is a totally ridiculous plotline if that's what happens.
0: It would be absolutely ridiculous, but I wouldn't put it past this show. It's true. <laughs> and it's true. That's the reason I bring it up, because I wouldn't be surprised. I
1: mean, next week's episode is called The Slapside Redemption. So, if you look at it from the state of Shawshank, which is where the title comes from, Andy Dufresne escapes. So, uh, yeah. But I don't see Oliver doing that, because he had an opportunity to do that already.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how they're getting him out of this, because haven't really built that up very well. Yeah, I don't know. And if they, if they just, boom, yeah, I, I, it's a big wait and see. That's why I'm kind of grasping at straws on that when I'm like, that's that's all I got. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, um, I
1: mean, as far as other things that happened in the episode as well, um, Felicity cried. Felicity <laughs> cried again. They, they did capture Diaz at the end. Uh, Which was okay. I don't... We'll see how long that
0: lasts. You know what, though? I would not have a problem if he stays behind bars for a while and we're going to focus on Longbow Hunters. Ah, man. I
1: don't know, though, because I'm still not sold on those characters.
0: I'm not I, quite I feel like they're... Because they
1: also haven't done anything with them. I feel like they're throwaway Flash villains of the week.
0: They kind of feel that way right now. Yeah. But if maybe if they give them some time to grow on their own without in Diaz's shadow, maybe that'll do something for them.
1: Maybe, because we do see them walk away and not try and
0: rescue Diaz. No, mm-hmm. I, because I don't think they care. Um, and maybe
1: there could be an introduction of... More longbow hunters. Like uh, yeah, sometime. I
0: mean, it's never really was three. I think it was like six. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Maybe there's more of them. Maybe things go completely differently. Maybe this was part of a plan. Who knows? So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it, though. Yeah, um, right again, too. I haven't written off the show by any stretch of the imagination. No, not at all. Uh, I think it's actually been a pretty steady hero. I, st-
1: I still gave it a hero this week. I oh, didn't yeah. give it a sidekick. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, you know, like I said, I, I, it's been a very steady hero. Um, I just want to start seeing just a little bit more.
1: I will say, though, before we wrap things up, the one thing I really did enjoy about this episode was the moment of uh, Laurel in court and the speech that she gave to the judge. Because it's a real nice um, moment of her, of seeing her character come back around to a redemption arc, which is something we figured was coming.
0: And we've been, has been hinted at this whole time. Right. And I think they're doing a decent job with moving her character into a new position. And I kind of really dig it because she's starting to remind me more and more of the traditional Black Canary yeah, they're like, finally getting a black canary, even though she's Black, black Siren. Siren. But like, they're she, getting a one she, with life. She's starting to feel like the real black black canary, and yeah. I'm like, are they finally going to get this one right? And I still love that in the future we have another black canary still with <laughs> Zoe. But hey, well,
1: she's never been called a canary though. They no, but she's wearing she's wearing the
0: canary pin and all, and she's got the staff and the leather jacket, and she's a canary whether you, you, she's got the name or not. Yeah, um, I mean,
1: we, we didn't really talk about that much with the flash forward, but there really wasn't a lot that wasn't, happened with it. Wasn't a ton yet. Some like kind of, we saw that there was a plan to pretty much level the city. We don't know what that is yet,
0: but. We, we know that Felicity is going by the name Calculator in, in that time. I missed that. Yeah, that she was operating as the new Calculator. Um, and we
1: did see a hint of, what's the code name? Uh, Dark Star, which, Darkstar, yeah. uh,
0: which is a Supergirl villain. Um. so Ooh, interesting so we'll see how that works yeah Um. I mean again they can cross into crisis they can cross into it any way that they want but again I am still very intrigued when, you know we get that hint that Felicity's dead which none of us believe because again you know, a lot of this was very much set up and this could also be her in the future saying this is a way for her to try to bring the team back to kind of try to rescue Star City True, uh, or the gla- or you know the glades, and however that's going to work. So I'm looking forward to seeing more of that future arc and how it's going to play off. Yeah. Um,
1: the only other thing I have before we wrap this up is uh, I have one question for you, <clears throat> and that is: Do we think this new Mystery Green Arrow is somebody that we already know? Yes, and not William from the future because I'm not buying that. I um, think it's a. I think it's somebody current timer.
0: I think it's somebody current timeline as well. Because
1: if you, when they showed up, whoever it is, when they showed up, they knew to be there, even though nobody else knew that they were doing this. So they somehow had insight to them being there. So it's got to be somebody who's already connected to this team.
0: I think it's more and more and more. My brain is telling me it's Roy. Okay. Um. Because I think that's going to be the tie-in to to the to the flash forwards, the flash forwards. Okay. Uh, That he knows a little bit more of what what was going on with things and kind of bringing that back up. Because in that big fight, everybody from the main team arrow, new team arrow and the OTA was all coming for. Yeah. Every one of them. So it can't be anybody from that at all. There's no way. Um, And that really limits the playing field of who it could be. Um, Malcolm Merlin. Again, (laughs) that body's a lot slimmer. Oh, yeah. It's a, so. it's a
1: smaller figure. It's even smaller than Oliver. Whoever yeah. it is is smaller than
0: Oliver. And I mean, it, it it could be it could be Roy. Um, it still could be the you know the Barry Allen um, alternate future, you know, which would, alternate would be time. an
1: interesting way to tie into the crossover.
0: And I still think that's a really brilliant idea. But yeah, um, and again, I, I still wouldn't rule out William from the future coming back to help put a stop to things because one of the big things that we kind of see a crossover for a moment this week. Is when they're looking at the plans for that gas pipeline to explode, mm-hmm. we also see in the future them look at the exact same schematic. So something horribly probably goes wrong in this season, is my guess. Okay. The way that sets up the future events to happen the way that they do. And so do you think this is William... almost
1: like a Terminator? Where it, they send It could be. They send William back to kind of save the timeline?
0: It could be, because it's it's team it's it's an Arrowverse show it's anything true. is humanly possible I would really not be pleased if they did that no, me but, neither. Uh, but it's
1: one of the reasons why I'm really not buying William from the future yeah I think there's a better chance it's the Barry Allen but I don't even think it's that because remember what we know of Elseworlds now is that it's not really yeah Grant it's not really it's Barry very, Allen it's is the Friday, arrow yeah. it's Freaky Friday right so I don't even think that's the case anymore either I think that would have been brilliant if it was what we originally thought Elseworlds was going to be yeah but... Yeah. Well, let's move on. Yes. Uh, net, uh, this week on Arrow, Season 7, Episode 7, as I mentioned, Slabside Redemption, Oliver makes a choice that will affect his entire life, as well as the lives of everyone he cares about. He's going to escape. Could be. That's probably what that means. Yeah. He's got an opportunity to escape, instead of just opening the doors and saying, farewell. Uh, Alright, Legends of Tomorrow, Season 4, Episode 5, Togmodo Attacks. A new fugitive is loose in 1951 Tokyo. As Constantine struggles to recover, Ray must look outside the team for help. Ava joins Nate and his family for an unconventional Thanksgiving dinner. Um, yeah, I, a lot of places we could start with this. I mean, let's talk about the main plot point, which is the Tugmoto uh, storyline. I mean, Tugmoto, in essence, really not the, the monster that we thought was going to be the demon they were after. Turns out to be a book.
0: Which I really thought was awesome. It was I I, I can't remember the the actual director's name. Uh, oh, uh, on th-
1: the one what? Oh, um, uh, Ishiro Honda.
0: Yeah. Yes. Uh, so so Mr. Honda has this book, and he's a creative type, and uh, that name should sound really familiar to a lot of people that love kaiju uh, because in yeah, in particular, he's the creator of Godzilla. Yep. Yeah. And I love the fact that a, a magical artifact comes up because we even hear him tell the story about him dealing with the Hiroshima bomb um, and talking about being uh, somebody that survived that and what that was like and why he created these things to kind of get over these horrors and the horrors of nuclear war and what it can do and create, um, which we know that's the story of him creating Godzilla. yeah. Uh, And they did a beautiful job here of him kind of the way that they treated that. And it's, there was no happy ending for him. And I really thought that was kind of well-written. It was a beautifully executed scene. Um, as we watched this giant octopus start tearing apart the studio. And yeah. Really good CG again in this. In this Fantastic
1: yeah. CG. Because even there were even moments towards the end of the episode when we see the character that we're, we'll mention in a minute actually take on Tagmoto. I actually thought Tugmoto looked better than that character. And that character was real. Yeah. You know, the CG of the creature looked better than the actual character. They did a really nice
0: job here again. Like, that's the one thing I love about the Arrowverse. There's every once in a while you get those moments of like, there's no way that they did that. How? This is a TV show. Uh, It's like when we first saw King Shark and we're like, what the hell? How did they get that kind of budget?
1: Well, like, even that's like, you know, you mentioned King Shark. And that's like what brought Kevin Smith around to the Flash was like, yeah, they did King Shark. And he watched it and was like... That was amazing. Yeah. And now we're seeing that kind of CGI on this show,
0: too. I mean, Legends the Legends has always de- done a really decent job, but they were always the one that looked just a little janky. And you look at it, and you're like, kind of looks like I'm watching a video game right now. Well, but even that's the okay.
1: giant Bebo that we got at the end of last season was pretty... Well that was taught. amazing.
0: Yeah. No, 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 no. Don't, don't, no, don't knock <laughs> that one bit. No, I'm not at all. That was pretty amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, we, we've seen a lot of really positive CG in this, but this, this was, I think, one of the best uses they've had. Uh, like I said, the giant squid looked, or the octopus, because yeah. not squid, uh, looked fantastic. And I think that the way that they portrayed that, and I love Sarah having just raised gauntlet on hands yes. to shrink it down and make it more of a manageable fight, which I thought was perfect. Um, one of the other things I really loved in this, too, was seeing Charlie start to gel with the team. She is a fantastic character. She is. I, I actually
1: I, like her better as Charlie than Amaya. Than I did as Amaya.
0: And Amaya was, Amaya, like I said, they put her as, as, she was the moral compass type character. Yeah, that was very true. And my favorite times with Amaya in the past were when I thought they were going to ship her and Mick together back then. Before Nate kind of came into the picture. Where you started seeing their their characters gel when they, we went back to like gangster time uh, a couple seasons ago with Mick and Amaya. When she first came in on yeah. season two. Um So it's it's kind of fun to see that. The idea of a ship between those two characters. I don't start again.
1: I don't know if I buy the ship now, I though. After this
0: week, I think it's going to happen because
1: the way one of the things that happens at the end of this episode kind of turns me against that now because we see him. Well,
0: him and Zari are just friends. I think.
1: I think it's she. Doesn't, no, no, no. I'm not even talking about the Zari aspect. I'm yeah. talking about how he wraps up his story, and literally right in front of Charlie and Sarah, like he's literally he's having sex with his own creation.
0: In front I'm, of everybody, I don't think that's going to turn Charlie's character off. I might all. turn her on, actually. That's I mean, yeah. But uh, I really thoroughly think there's a high chance of those characters. But again, Charlie Charlie's proving to be a really fun character now. But I thoroughly could, I could
1: her. also see her more as a Leonard Snart, like becoming more of just like a best friend character overall. Like, and that's true too. Yeah. I don't
0: think that's the one thing here. Is like I don't think you have to. You don't have to force relationships on any of these characters. Yeah. I would like to see, at least watch their friendship heavily grow, because I'm really happy Mick has got somebody that kind of melds with him now. Yeah. And it creates that extra headache for the team again. True. Because that was one of the best parts about the first season of the show, is you have two villains amongst a group of heroes, and watching them just butt heads together, and it was really fun. So seeing that possibility start again, and you can watch Mick kind of tilt a little bit in that direction... Yeah. Um, I think it could bring a lot of enjoyment out of out of the continuation of the season because we we peeled back so many layers of his character, and this was an episode that really did that again. I really love the fact that they brought up the writing aspect that and Zari stumbled on, like during her Groundhog's Day episode. And
1: that's one of those things too that, like, when the show ep- when the episode begins and you get to like previously on, and they show you all those clips, you know
0: that's any of it. those
1: clips they're going to involve in this episode right. somehow. So when you see those clips of Mick writing the story and Zari walking in on him writing the story, you're curious, like, okay, how is this going to play into this? And then it turns out, like, it forces Mick to become a writer, to get over his fear of what people think of his writing. And he finally, even the final line of it, when he finally puts the end at the story was, finally gets over...
0: He conquers his fear. Yeah,
1: he conquers the one thing he, he could, and that was fear. So I love the fact that they did focus on Mick with this story as well. And
0: I actually really... I thought it was really touching, too, the way yeah. that they wrote that. It was like, it's this character They give this
1: character a heart.
0: Yeah. And I really love that they made him a creative type. I thought that was a really cool piece because it's something when you see that character and you think of him in a one-dimensional way kind of a little bit. Yeah. It, but when you do stuff like this, you're like, that's fantastic. Yeah. But I love the fact that that's now open to everybody. And I think that's going to be really fun for the the team to play with, like, if they start, some somebody on the ship starts reading all of Nick's books and kind of fanboys or fangirls over with some of the stories that he writes. <laughs> like, it opens up a really fun future dialogue to have with his character. And I really, really, I think I thoroughly enjoyed that. But, again, this the way that they conquer this monster, though, with Nick taking over the book and it bonds to him, it's, it was and, fantastic as he, he, he brings in, like, what Mick would do is he brings in a three-breasted warrior yes. to take down the giant squid or octopus. I, I,
1: I wanted to draw a fourth poop. And,
0: he's like, and I love that <laughs> Mr. Hoddle was like, no, the three, three was fine. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> now, I mean, the other thing is, too, like, they still have that book.
0: They do. So
1: could that book come back into play later on in this season?
0: I... I Thoroughly hope it does, and I thoroughly hope Nick is the one to use. because it's be- uh, bound to him at this point.
1: It's Mick's newest weapon;
0: like, and he's got the gun, and now he's got the book. And I, w- I want to see him use that in the uh, season finale at some point, and Mick saves the day because how great would that? Be? Yeah, that'd be fantastic. I Maybe mean, Bebo comes back, <laughs> <laughs>
1: a, yeah, just like a little Bebo this time, just
0: kicking ass
1: would be fantastic.
0: Uh, but yeah, like I said, thoroughly loved that, but I also love that it was Mick was the one that kind of. Save the day. Save the day but yeah. in addition to was the one that kind of talked to Mr. Honda again and gave him the idea for Godzilla and I'm like king of the monsters. I was like that that was that got its legend for me right there.
1: Well, that got that was what got you to legend for this episode. I
0: can't give a show a legend <laughs> just because of
1: one line. I being can. Oh, <laughs> this the episode <laughs> was a legend episode. But right. this one line
0: the episode, we'll got, the episode got an A. That I, gave but, it its eight. But
1: I don't want to mention that yet. I want to talk about the other side story that we got. And okay. that's. Uh, Ray and. Ray and Nora right. and John. Yeah. And because I thought, all, all in all, while the mixed story was very touching, I thought there was a lot of touching elements to this story as well. Because I loved seeing when Ray finally sees Nora for the first time and he's like, oh googly-eyed over her. I had dreams about this once, actually numerous times. Like, I thought that was great. But, you know, getting Nora to kind of, again, this was another element of conquering fear. Nora didn't want to use her magic anymore because she knew what it would do to her. She knew where her magic came from, and her father sacrificed himself so that she didn't get sucked into that again. So it it was she had to conquer her fear of using this magic again in order to save John. Right. So it was nice that she was able to do that because of Ray, and because of John, because John did give her some advice about it too. But kind it of was like, more, hey, if
0: you're gonna tap into magic again, you know it's not gonna always end well.
1: Yeah. So. But you know, it was it was Ray that really kind of pushed her over the line to to do it and to have the confidence to do it again. So I thought it was really touching when at the end when he gives her the opportunity to escape again. And she instantly goes back to the time bureau and turns herself in like if this is if if this is how if I'm going to be freed, this is how it needs to happen. Yeah, and it's not the end of that story. No, not, not, not one bit, it's not the end of
0: that And story. I think we're going to see the time bureau has more leniency on her than we anticipate.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if they slap like a proba- like a, a bracelet on her ankle
0: and put her on the wave rider. It's yeah. very possible, and I think that's we're, we have not seen the end of Courtney Ford. No, not at all. So I'm looking forward to seeing.
1: But I just love the fact that thinking, you know, it, watching that scene of when he first sees Nora and he's, get, you know, getting all like rosy over her. I just love the fact of thinking in the back of my mind, like he's staring at his own wife. Yeah, like this. And that's like, that's what I thought. He's too. tapping into real life for this, yeah. and it's I love that's what made that scene so much better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I really thoroughly love that. Um,
1: all right, last well,
0: yes. last story of the piece uh, deals with the three. Monsters that we see, <laughs> and well, Gary, and Gary, and and uh, and Nate and Ava, um, as we see them locked up inside the Time Bureau's pseudo headquarters in well, not pseudo, it's their headquarters in DC, but yeah. in a BS holding cell. Yeah, that was it. it was very
1: under under equipped. Yes, but I was excited because we did an episode of Caffeine Crew over Halloween, like what characters we would want to see. In movies, and one of the characters I mentioned on that on that podcast was the Babiaga, and we got a Babiaga this episode, which I thought was great.
0: Yeah, um, so it was pretty awesome. Though we so we saw these three characters, and one of them I think is the one of the uh, the Wolfman type character. Yes, it's going to be one of the characters we're going to see ending up on the Wave Rider at some point. Really, uh, I believe we saw shots of him uh, on the ship with Zari during filming. Okay, all right. So I believe that is actually our character that's going to end up in the mix somehow. Some, somehow, I'm not sure the specifics. Or maybe it's another character that looks similar to him, but it looked like the same design. So That would be interesting. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, yeah, because we do know those characters
1: are still in holding yeah. at the Time Bureau, so they could... And we do know they're not as bad.
0: They were just hangry. They were hangry. <laughs> they were I hangry. love the fact that it's Thanksgiving and they break up because... Food. We just want food.
1: Yeah, exactly. But it's also interesting that we got uh, a new addition, sort of, to the team in Mona. Yeah, because uh, Mona Wu was one of those people that she she just knew a lot about monsters because she
0: she's it, obsessed with fantasy creatures. Yes, yeah. so and I, apparently the actress uh, actually was a massive fan of Legends of Tomorrow. But oh, that's cool. On and off the show, so uh, so, which is really fantastic. So that a fan essentially, you know really is the one getting involved in this. Yeah. So I think it's a really kind of cool way to celebrate the show because it just fits perfectly. So yeah. I think that's great. Yeah, so. that's a lot of fun. And I love the fact that we're going to have this relationship angle for Gary that's going to be oh, in the God. background somewhere.
1: He he might not be Gary the Virgin for much
0: longer. I know. <laughs> but uh, so well, what about that thing he did with Constantine? <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. But that didn't count. <laughs> According to
1: John, that didn't count. But on the opposite side of that, we also see... Nate had to leave his Thanksgiving dinner to go to the Time Bureau, uh, and we saw <laughs> what was very much typically a Thanksgiving dinner with family.
0: Yes, and they got that damn beautiful.
1: Oh my God! Even to the point where Hank, you know, where where Nate says to Ava, "Don't mention Obama. Like, don't mention politics at Thanksgiving dinner." That was perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kids running around, getting into trouble. Dinner being six hours later than when you expect it to the be. The turkey is almost
0: finished, brining. brining.
1: <laughs> the turkey is almost finished, wait for it, brining. Mm-hmm. Like, it, they did. They nailed Thanksgiving dinner perfectly. Yeah. For the most part. For most families out there, that's how it is. And that's how it, right. it tends and to it, be.
0: And it worked really, really well. I think they did a great job of that. And I thought it was a really kind of a nice touching piece, too. The fact that it was Nate finally able to look at Hank and say... I understand. I oh, understand why you always got called away because of an emergency because I had to do the same thing. Yeah. So when something came up and he had to take that call at the end, we're like, okay, well, we now know Hank is not exactly on the up and up. And,
1: and you know what? And that's the thing. Like, we saw the relationship between Nate and Hank kind of mending itself over these past couple episodes almost to the point where it was too good to be true. And, and now no we're sense. finding out it is. But now the question is, what is behind that call? And, but uh, more importantly, I think that call is a lead-in to the big bad, and I think the big bad, for the first time in this show, again, kind of like Supergirl and kind of like Prometheus last season with Arrow, or a couple seasons ago with Arrow, I think we're getting a human big bad
0: with Legends. Well, I think we've got maybe two angles, because we get a flash in John's head uh, real quick this episode. Of that
1: character that we don't know who they are yet. Right.
0: Yeah. So it's a big wait and see on who that is, but maybe that has ties to something that's happening with... With John. With with uh, the gun, well, that, but also with whatever's going on with Hank Haywood. Because so, we
1: hear him say, these creatures can be controlled.
0: Yep. Apparently he watched Jurassic World. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Sorry. That's very Yeah. Jurassic, tr- World and all- Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Yes. So.
0: You're right. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. So. Yeah. Uh, well, why don't you get to your, your point? Because unfortunately, <laughs> we're, we're actually really running out of time. Uh, we have yeah, 30 we'll, minutes before people walk into our house. Yeah, right? then we'll push through, we'll push through Flash. And, so, yeah. get um, your big, get, get your big thing in there. Yeah.
1: I mean, we got that moment with, you know, Hank telling Ava, like, you're going to take me to the Time Bureau because things are going wrong and sees that they have everything under control. But, You know, we get that moment where Hank says, like, well, unfortunately, everybody's going to be wondering where we're at. Ava hands him the time bracelet and says, well, that's the beauty of time travel. We can go back to just moments after we left. And he's like, well, that's convenient. And, you know, that's the beauty of time travel. And we get the one line I literally cheered was Tom Wilson saying, well, why don't we make like a tree and leave? And Nate following up with, I don't think that's how the line is supposed to. I don't think that's how it's said. But it's beautiful because that's a Biff line. That's what I've been saying since Tom Wilson was cast. I don't think it's the last one
0: we're going to get I don't to think get it either. is either. I think we're going to get a butthead in there somewhere. I'm wondering if somewhere, too, if he saw that line. He's like, do I really have to say this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm working on getting him on
1: the podcast. So hopefully we'll get to ask him yeah. if we get to talk to him. So.
0: Yeah. Right, well, think about it this way. He he distanced himself so long for a long time from from that stuff. And then even when they got to, I think, the 20th anniversary, uh, the Back to the Future game. Uh, there was a special edition released uh, where he went back in and recorded the Biff lines. Yeah. So.
1: And, I, and I think that's, you know... Which I, is
0: a shame because if you don't own that, tough luck, guys, because uh, it got pulled from every story. I know. And it's one
1: of those things, too, that when we said when we found out he was cast, like, he's getting cast in a show about time travel. Right. He had to know it was going to come up. Right. And I think, you know what, I again, I, I met him years ago. He's very funny. He's very openly... Admits that he he loves work. He loved working on Back to the Future. Oh yeah. So I think when he saw the line, I think he took it in stride and was like, "Yeah." I wouldn't have been surprised actually if he's the one that put it in. If he asked at some point if he could put it in,
0: that's very possible. But But, yeah, really fantastic, really fun episode yet again.
1: I literally cheered when I heard that line. It was like me being the Back to the Future. Not that I am. It was perfect.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Looking forward to next week though, or this week rather, uh, episode six. Tender is the nate. Hank, Hay- uh, Hank-, it says, Hanks Haywood. Hank Haywood confronts Ava about the spending habits of the Legends. Mona tries to make a good impression with Ava, but her eagerness gets her and Ava stuck in a cell together. So it's going to be fun. I think the only other thing we can say about these two is that uh, the one thing you and I are in agreement with is that we need to start moving forward with the main plot.
0: Yeah. Um, and I think this coming week, too, is uh, on the Wave Rider. I think we also have the Evil Doll uh, come into play, uh, if memory serves correctly. Because uh, I think that's the one with the evil Martin Stein puppet comes comes. Oh, in the I think you're right. I think I that's this week, and I, that. and I think there's and I a, think there's a pseudo good guy doll, Chucky doll, uh, in the in this episode as well. Coming. Interesting. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, we'll have to check. We'll have to wait and see this week. And lastly, we have the breakdown of the Flash season five, episode six, "Icicle Cometh." Caitlin Barry, and Cisco learn something new about Caitlin's father. Iris and Sherlock follow a clue about... Sherlock. C- Sherlock, I know. <laughs> I think to say it that way every time, and I never do it. Uh, <coughs> Iris and Sherlock follow a clue about Cicada. So, I mean, main plot this time actually didn't really have anything to do with Cicada. It was more about... We got a little
0: bit of him in the background. Like, yeah. We, we see him uh, early, early this episode. Um get pretty badly cut up from another meta.
1: From from the the meta from Terminator 2.
0: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh so, um which is kind of funny. It's kind of like, wow, this this random person severely hurt Cicada when our entire team Flash can barely touch the guy. But we did find so, out
1: later on in the episode that she apparently has been going
0: around slicing people, people up because yeah. there
1: have been a number of people in the hospital right. so with cuts.
0: We we see this kind of single shot villain real quick kind of taken out of the picture pretty quickly. But again, we, we do see that even that injury uh, in Cicada is making him kinda stronger. Well at least increasing his power intuitively. I think uh,
1: but it's I think it's a double edged sword with him. I think it's it's increasing his power,
0: but it's painful. It's it's hurting him badly. Yeah. So I'm again I'm really curious to for them to continue to peel back more layers on his character. He has been an interesting character. There's no question about it. Yeah. That. Um, and especially, you know, it looks like the, his, the doctor friend, uh, well... He, he's going to have a partner, I think. Yeah, um, and that's been really interesting to see how that that's going to play off as well. Um, But, I mean, that's really all we get from his character this week. But it's just but, enough, just and, enough that we, we see.
1: And again, I, I'm seeing a familiar trade a, a, a trend throughout these seasons. He's a human big bad.
0: Yeah. He's not a meta human. Well, he is a meta now because of the Dark Matter embedded in he's him.
1: He's got meta tech shrapnel in him, which... right. But we don't know in what sense it's making him meta, because we haven't seen any abilities from him yet. Everything that we've seen has come from the shrapnel, has come from the lightning bolt. And that's what absorbs the meta abilities, that's what kills everybody. Well, the
0: is in his chest, that's why it's glowing.
1: So but we don't know what that's doing to him yet, yep. other than being painful. So right. if he is, in a sense, becoming a meta, because of that, we don't know what that's doing to him yet. We haven't seen it.
0: Yeah, no, it's very true. So I'm, I mean, it's a big wait and see, so yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing this breakdown. Do, do we
1: think... I mean, we've talked about this before, too. Do we think the Cicada story is going to wrap up and he, in essence, is not the final big bad of the season?
0: No, I'm pretty damn certain that he is the big bad of the season. Of the entire season. I'm not okay. sure. Um, I think we're still so on the surface with his character that there's so much just to still come, come up. Okay, I can see um, that. Because, really, there's so much that they can do here. There's only been two small scraps with Team Flash. And one of them, he very much had the upper hand and could have killed him until Nora showed up. So we still need to find the Nora connection with the the two of them. Um, But Sherlock's starting to peel back the layers. We didn't hear anything about it this week, but you know that's still in his head. So it's a big wait and see on when that's going to come in. Um, And I think it's going to come in soon. So I think the Cicada stuff, I think we're going to see that kind of a little quiet for the next week or two. And then... I wouldn't be surprised if
1: we we see... I mean, because we know that the Thanksgiving episode is next week, which is going to be a one-off villain. uh, It's going to be a villain of the week. The episode after that is the 100th, so we're going to see a lot of flashbacks. We're not going to see any of Cicada. Elseworlds is after that. And then we got our season... And then we have our season end. So I think this might be the last we've seen of Cicada before they come back. season
0: finale. I think so. I think that... Well, the the mid-season finale. Mid-season finale. Mid-season finale. finale. We'll we'll see him. Uh, But I think that's... We're going to see very little him until then. And I think... Maybe I, a couple after after credit stingers, I think we'll see maybe, with him. But.
1: but I think you're right. I think mid-season finale is before they take the, the winter break is probably when we're going to see him in uh, focus before next. And I think the way they always do with the mid-season finale and giving us a tease before they move in, I think I wouldn't be surprised if that's when we see what this shrapnel is doing to him. Yeah. Whatever abilities he's going to get from this meta tech... We're going to see that come into play.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And
1: they're going to tease us with it until they come back from the, from it. Um, okay, so let's focus on the other half and the majority of this. And that being uh, Caitlyn finding her father um, at this black site. Bringing
0: up uh, Victor Freeze, you know. Which I thought was a cool reference. Yeah. Especially because we're getting... <laughs> Ding. That was a cool reference.
1: Oh, I didn't even mean to do that.
0: <laughs>
1: that yeah, that, okay. That was a good reference, uh, especially because we're getting Victor Freeze's wife in Elseworlds. Right, right. I don't know if these two references are going to have anything to do with each other. It could have just been a mention. Well, again,
0: we're going to go to Arkham Asylum, so we, we could get a couple little hints and teases of characters. Very, very true. And think about it. We, there, There was that cut sequence with Harley Quinn. Uh, and when they were in, uh, one of the Suicide Squad episodes on Arrow. So. Oh, that's right. So we could get a lot of fast little nods come up. And I think they I, will. I think we're going to get quite a little bit of teases here and there. Yeah, I think so too. Especially, well, you be Gotham City, you kind of have to. Yeah. So. Uh,
1: but I mean, it's. I liked what they did with this. I mean, we did see, you know, a little bit of a fracture in the team for a short period of time, and that Cisco wasn't believing that this guy was Caitlin's father. Mm-hmm. He was, but in. A different kind of a sense, in in the same
0: way that Caitlin and Killer Frost function together. But it was
1: kind of it was reversed in that the cold side was the one that icicle Icicle already took over. Icicle had taken over and was trying to get rid of her father, whereas Caitlin and Killer Frost are actually friendly with one another. Right. So it was nice seeing a return of Killer Frost, and we now know. I thought it was an interesting twist. And one that I didn't even consider in that Thinker had used a different ability to kind of block yeah. instead of get rid of Killer Frost. Which I thought
0: that was a really cool twist. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. So it wasn't Melting Point that yes. wiped her out. Right. Uh, I was like, that's a really kind of a cool take. Because they had to have thought about that when they did that last season. And I'm really kind of I'm like nicely done. Yeah. And, and, I-
1: and the moment that Killer Frost does return to kind of knock down Icicle, doesn't kill him but he because he does get away. You know, I thought it was a nice touch when, you know, she says, like, these are... They are my family. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that was a nice little nod to...
0: And it kind of made me a lot happier because it sounds like we're going to see less of that double personality. And I think we're going to start seeing her kind of... The best way I can put it is treat it like Venom. Yeah. And um, where, this where it's is... kind of like, no, they, they speak for each other. And yeah. that's it. And it's kind of, no, we we are Killer Frost.
1: And I think... It is, oh, God. Although I'm more acceptance of We are Flash, so I'm okay with that. But yeah, it's, I, I agree with you, I think. And I think that's the right way to do this character. Yeah. and
0: I think, it, I, I think you have to close that gap a little bit, I think. Yeah. And that's that's one of the things that I never really liked about the way that they've done Killer Frost was the fact that they made it, like, two personalities. It's very odd. Yeah. But again, though, too, we also viewed it as the way they were like, well, why is every other meta? And Well, we now realize she's not like every other meta. We also, we found out because she had potentially, the, the gene triggers to have ALS. Yeah. And her father found a way to stop that, which is why she has these powers. So I do love the fact that they brought up now the idea of science intervening, creating metas as well. So we now, this season alone, have brought that point up. We now have Metatech. And Dark Matter. And Dark Matter yep. from the shrapnel. All now as other pieces, plus the Star Labs explosion, plus the bus.
1: Well, the, plus... Star-, well, the Star Labs explosion was Dark Matter, was it not?
0: Well, I'm talking about when the particle accelerator went Okay, by. yeah. So we have all these things now. So we have this universe where there's so many different ways to be a meta now. And it's
1: all right there in Star City. It's nowhere else. Yeah, pretty much.
0: <laughs> but, well, actually, no, because the science thing can happen anywhere now. So sure. I like that the fact that they opened, opened that gate up for the Air yeah.
1: No, so I agree with you completely, too.
0: So there's a lot of different ways, now, and it's not just, hey, every time that there's a new meta anywhere in the Arrowverse, they have to cut to a scene that says, four years ago, and watch, we have to watch that scene again. It's kind of like watching the Waynes get killed anytime time there's a Batman film or a project. Now it's like, anytime there's a meta, we don't have to go back to Star Labs. I'm like, thanks. We're cool. <laughs> I didn't need to know that they were vacationing at the Hilton in, in, yeah. in there, sipping on their CC Jitters drinks, <laughs> and all of a sudden they became hot coffee. This you is, know,
1: this is totally off the topic, but uh make it very quick. I saw a meme the other I saw a meme, I think it was yesterday, that said uh it was a Batman meme and it said, I, I came here to kick ass. Uh what was it? I came I came here to kick ass and hug parents and I'm all out of parents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, God, oh that's, that's dark,
0: horrible. but it's great. All right, we gotta get back on track. We've yes. got
1: 15 minutes. <laughs> um but yeah it's it, uh, you know I like what they did with it. And it was nice to kind of take the focus off of everything else, because everything, this side story that they've been doing, this backstory with Caitlyn and her father, they had to bring it to a wrap sooner or later. They did. And this was a nice way to do it. But still, at the same time, Icicle is still out there. So we know he's going to come into play a little bit later on. I don't think it's going to be for a while. I don't think it's going to be until they return from the winter break. But um, I think it's definitely going to be an interesting plot line when they bring it back, whether or not she can save her father. I will say when the first moment that we see the ice on his arm, the way it was layered on his arm,
0: I thought looked awesome. Yeah, they did a great job there.
1: And I saw that and I was like, "Ooh, we're going to get a traditional looking icicle from the comics and from the cartoon. And then we saw his face and I'm like,
0: nope, you ruined it. <laughs> but he still looked cool. He still looked easy. Yeah. And yeah, you keep just dumping cold puns on us. I Did I do more? Oh, he looked cool. Damn it all right I'm it's done. all good yeah I can't help it it's all good um uh, but yeah no like I said um, beyond that though we didn't see a ton else we, we see uh, Cisco
1: is still I think he's having trouble controlling his vibes
0: yeah it's gonna be a while I think we're gonna put, I think it's gonna probably not be until the end of the season until we see him back to becoming traditional vibe yeah uh, which I think is an interesting way to take his character I think that that's perfectly fine we did see Baby Giraffe and D.A. Cecile Horton uh, team up uh, and <laughs> Baby giraffe. <laughs> so we see them, and that was they had some fun, fun. And seal your fate. Yeah. <laughs> da, seal your fate. They did a good job though with the pairing of those two characters, yes. and I think they're doing a decent job she's, having to get around. Um, she's becoming Jesse a L. great replacement for for Papa Joe for right now while yeah. he is out while he's recovering. They're doing
1: yeah. a really good job with letting her fill that role.
0: Yeah, and I think they think that's been working fine. But we did find out based on what they did and kind of targeting that that female location. They've they've got a match for who Cicada probably is. Yep. Uh, so we'll be seeing that come up in play they're very, up, very, very they're on soon. the right track. So looking forward to seeing that play out. But that was kinda, kinda, That's kind of, the, of it. That yeah. was kind of it this week. Yeah. So uh,
1: Looking forward to this coming next episode. We have episode 7, O oh, Come All Ye Thankful. While Nora grapples with unresolved anger over her father's disappearance in the future, Barry and Team Flash must stop a powerful new meta Weather Witch from killing her own father, Weather Wizard. So, uh, two more characters I think have been in the comic books before Weather Witch and Weather.
0: Well, yeah, Weather Wizard. His he was the first villain we got this in the this show. Oh, that's right. Well, that was Weather Wizard number one. Then we got the brother. Yeah. And is this going to be a return of that character? Just or assume. just
1: going to be another version? Uh, well, I think
0: we're going to see the normal weather wizard maybe get killed off. Because, again, we have seen him in some rogue episodes. So uh, let's just wait and see on how it's going to play out. Okay, so, cool.
1: Uh, yeah, so that's going to wrap it up for the breakdowns of this week. We didn't really mention Nora, but there really wasn't a there lot. There wasn't a
0: lot there. There was a. Uh, we saw you know Iris and her start to bond a bit. Yeah. Um, but they didn't really get a chance to do a ton. Um, really, it kind of boiled down to... Um, them being ones that found the heart of the satellite uh, that they were looking for when we see where, obviously, that little cutout is. That is Cicada's Dagger. Yeah. It came out of the heart of... Little
1: dark matter never hurt nobody. <laughs> what? Um, yeah,
0: so that's going to wrap it up
1: for the breakdowns yeah. of the episodes this week. Uh, very light on the news yeah. this week, so I'll turn it over to you for that. Alright,
0: um, so we found out a tiny little bit, Kevin Smith said the smallest little nugget about Lex Luthor. Uh, so pretty much, he did state this. He's like that he knew that a long time ago. Uh, when I was working on my episode, they were talking about who was going to play Lex Luthor, uh, and his name as uh, at the top of the list at that point in time. And it sounds like it did not change. It sounds like it was planned for to be John Cryer for quite some time. I'm
1: still so on board for that
0: casting. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and he said he uh, knew back then what they were doing with his character. And he said John Cryer is not playing a humorous character. And he said, in fact, it's quite dark. Um, so we're going to see a very maniacal. Vicious Lex Luthor, which I'm really excited about. I am too. Because again, we told everybody last week, please wait and see. There's been so many castings, especially comic properties where comedic people have been cast. And again, you brought a Beetle uh, you know, not like you know, Michael Mr. Mom yeah. and Beetlejuice playing. Gun-Ho, yeah. You know, like and I wanna always remind people the two hardest things you can do as an actor is a really strong dramatic scene or be funny. And guess what? Being funny is a lot harder. And it takes mm-hmm. a lot of chops to have timing like that. So if you can do that, you can do anything. You can,
1: you've get seen more comedic actors turn to drama well yes. than you have dramatic actors turn to comedy.
0: Yeah. Directing the two hardest things? Horror and comedy. Yes. So if you can pull that off...
1: And working with kids.
0: Yeah. And animals. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> We can go on. So. Yeah. But, again, sounds like we're going to definitely get, uh, don't expect John Cryer to be coming in kind of like Jesse Eisenberg. It's, we're, I think we're going to get closer to a traditional, Thank goodness, traditional Lex Luther. Good. good. So it's the question if we're going to get the scientist, mad scientist version, or we're going to get that kind of more evil businessman. So it's it, going it to be. It could be a little bit of both. It might be a little bit of both. So yeah. we're going to see. Um... Real quick, uh, something else that just came out, and actually that just came out in the last couple hours. Uh, Tom Felton, um, Julian Albert from last season, well, oh, two seasons ago on The Flash. Yes. Uh, did say that he's very open to returning to The Flash. He said, absolutely, I absolutely miss the show. I miss those guys terribly. I miss Grant uh, and uh, all the team there. So he's uh, he's hoping that they have something for him in the future, and he will be returning in a, some form of guest role. So, Which would be awesome, because um, we loved his character. I'd love to see him come back and... Start working with uh, oh, god. Caitlin again. Could cause... you imagine him working with Ralph? Oh my god, it would be the best. <laughs> so, um, again, very light week, but so we'll jump to DC Universe real quick. Uh, the team that puts out Titans did release the Donna Troy ta- uh, trailer, uh, so we got our first look at her. Not, at, uh, not only that, but we also got our first looks at the Batmobile. Uh, very cool sleep it looks game. really cool and we're going to see a lot more of it in the background shots of the upcoming episode called Asylum which apparently uh, is where we're going to start seeing Dick Grayson's transformation into another very well known character in the DC Universe yes. so sounds like that is just around the corner um, and just to remind everybody Soon as the show's going on break, Ben and I are going to break down Titans in probably across four episodes during our winter break. Yes. So uh, the way that's going to work is episode the first episode of that break will be episodes one through three, then we'll have four through six, seven through nine, and then 10, 10 through, through 12. 12. So yeah. um, that'll give you some time to catch up along with us. So we'll do it, it's not breaking it down in two episodes. It's
1: going to be, it, it would be way too long to talk about the whole season in one episode. Right. So, so we're going to so break it down. We're going
0: to basically talk about it as four Three hour long movies, yes. essentially, is the best way that we're going to do this. So it's not going to be broken down in episodes one, two, and three. It's going to be like, this is this chunk, and we're going to review it as a, probably the way that we do an annual at the very end. Yeah, um, yeah. So we're going we're to talk about it like that instead of scoring each episode, because that would take forever. Yes, so, agreed. Um, so yeah, just be ready for that. So that's coming up soon. Uh, jumping over to the film side, only two small stories. Um, and, well, two and a half. There is uh, some little pieces of information out there uh, about the review embargo for Aquaman. And uh, I can say from knowing the way that Hollywood works, this take this as a very positive, positive sign. Uh, So the film doesn't come out until the 21st of December. So uh, tickets are on sale, officially nailed. But uh, the review embargo is going to be lifting on December 11th at 11 a.m. Pacific time. So that... Because that means they're releasing that ten days before the release, yeah, it is saying TV's. that Warner Brothers is pretty confident that this is a solid film. So that's a good sign.
1: And you know what? From everything that we've seen, trailer wise, clip wise, and, and report wise on it, I think you and I are pretty confident
0: this is going to be a good. Film it's. Too. I think I believe it's already uh, been screened in the China market. Um, I know and, it's been
1: screened a number of times. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's
0: been. There's been three or four fan screens. All I've not seen anything really negative. The worst I got was it was fine. And that was the worst. Was it was fun. <laughs> Um and most of them were all saying DC learned. Yeah, DC took the next step, and Walter Hamada, who was the first, is the new acting president in Warner Brothers, and took control of all this after everything else has filmed. This is their first big thing. That's like when we said, "Hey, they're restarting and things are changing." This is that film. Yep. This is the one we've been talking about. Says this, this is the one that's the make or break because this is all the moves that they made to address and deal with the problems that their film division was having with these characters. So this could be a massive change. Um, So looking forward to it. There's a brand new trailer out there that's uh, in theaters and has just been released. It's the final trailer. And it looked fantastic yet again. Um, This, I think the CG even looked even better. It looks... I I can tell
1: you, I I saw the trailer. I didn't watch the trailer when it was released on YouTube, um, even though we posted it on the Facebook page. I was actually staying away from it because I wanted to wait until the movie came out, but I went and saw Creed two in theaters and it showed before the movie. So I kind of had no choice, but to watch it and seeing it on the big screen. I can't wait to see this
0: movie. I'm theaters. excited. I'm I really excited. can't wait. Um, so the last big story this week, um, we have heard for a little while that the title for birds of prey may have not been just birds of prey. And after a lot of confusion from a few pe- uh, people this week, uh, both in Hollywood, and uh, personally, um, We have our official title, and I think actually the reason why this is kind of funnier, because it didn't dawn on me until earlier when we started talking about this, (laughs) because Ben still didn't believe this was No, I didn't. I wasn't buying it. Think about it this way, and I'm going to tell you this now because it'll make you laugh when your brain thinks about it. Think Birdman, and then think about what the the
1: subtitle subtitle of
0: Birdman. So it's Birds of Prey, and the full name of the title and The fa- uh, Fabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn is the official title of this film. Okay.
1: It, thinking about it like Birdman, it makes sense. And it's um, almost a spoof of
0: that, too. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, the official title, again, if, if you missed that, is Birds of Prey and The Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Uh, and the reason why there was so much confusion is because that was dr- uh, written in pen underneath Birds of Prey by Margot Robbie and she put it up on her Instagram and this was kind of like hey this is official and everybody's like that's in pen is this her character just having fun? That's what I was thinking initially. And it came out uh, it was confirmed by numerous sources throughout the course of that day um, Hollywood Reporter Variety IGN all these people did say no this is a, has been confirmed by the studio. Um, again everybody's just going to call it just birds of prey. Yeah. Um, well because everybody calls Birdman just Birdman. Right. So, yeah. so but I think it's kind of humorous when you think about it because this is not just a Birds of Prey movie. This is Harley Quinn's Birds of Prey team. Yeah, so it's going to be I think make it a little bit different and a little bit more fun uh, than we normally anticipate. I, I want to see it. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, and again, this is under the new direction of of Warner Brothers. So they know they had a character on their hot on their hands. Um, and I think the kind of interesting thing that they're doing with this too is they're they're putting Harley more in line with who she is as a character in DC now. Which is a character very broken away from the Joker. Yes, and, and I like
1: that they're doing that. Especially considering I was not a fan of the Jared Leto Joker. Nobody was.
0: Well, oh, I know some people there, that there, were. There, 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 there are. Um, I know there's <laughs> a lot of people that they are like, oh, he's fantastic. And I think his his Joker could be great if they show us the Joker that existed before the one that was in Suicide Squad. Like, yeah. show show me the one before he had all the tattoos and, and the grills and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but hey... We, we got something, and it was it was a thing. True. Um, very, very we got true. a couple good characters out of it.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm so. still... I mean, Suicide Squad, while it wasn't the greatest movie, I still really enjoyed it. And, and, and the positive is... I, I think Margot Robbie was fantastic as Harley,
0: and I actually really enjoyed Will Smith as Deadshot. Not to mention, Suicide Squad 2 is going to have a really fantastic writer and director. So Who is it again? James Gunn. Oh, that's right! I forgot. So, that's, that's right. something to be excited about. Yeah, it is. So, but yeah, that wraps up the news for us this week. Because uh, I know
1: even Dave Batista is positioning to get out of Guardians
0: and join Suicide Squad. You know, I have, well, everybody wants him to play Bane. So Which would be awesome. He'd be a perfect Bane. So. Um, I
1: know there was one other story floating out there. You didn't mention it, and it wasn't really worth mentioning. But I'm going to bring it up only because I want to correct it. There's a story, I think, on comicbook.com, and I've seen a couple other people post it. Um... In that, people are, saw a picture of a meeting of Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum in, um, in, in a meeting with Stephen Amell. And people were hinting that it could be crossover potential. It's not. Um, Stephen Amell does with his knocking point wines that I'm a member of, he does collaborations with celebrities. This is simply a collaboration with Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum for a wine coming out in 2019. It's not a crossover for any episode. There are some news outlets out there reporting it that it could yep. potentially be crossover.
0: It's not. It's not to close that book that it, something may not happen in the future. True.
1: For right now, no.
0: it's yeah. not. Um, there is another tiny, tiny little one, too. But I can let you all know you can just read it on the Facebook page because it's more of an article to read. But essentially, is talking about Crisis on Infinite Earths, and yes. there is plans for it. It's the question of do when? they get to it. Well, their plan was always that was supposed to be season twenty twenty four. They said season ten of yeah. the Flash. So if they think they're in trouble, they might bump that up. Yeah. So um, and I think
1: they've I think they've set up ways that they could.
0: Yeah, they're, it's a show about time travel. They can do everything they, they want. Exactly. So, um, it's out there, but just read that on, uh, facebook.com slash Okay, yeah, um,
1: cheap plugs, and then we'll, uh, we'll get out of here. Recommendation, any recommendations this week?
0: Um, for me, honestly, um, start catching up on Titans. Uh, we're only a couple weeks away, um, so if you haven't getting that, given that a shot, uh, jump over to DC Universe, sign up, get your account, uh, this is a perfect time to do it, because if you sign up for a month, um... Maybe if you do that at the beginning of December, uh, you'll be able to watch all of Titans. And if you're not sold on the subscription service, you can, you get can cancel. Yep, but still watch the first full season. Uh, and then uh, if you're a big Young Justice fan, this is a perfect time too because Young Justice picks up January fourth. Um, so think the week right after the week right, right after, after, Titans, after wraps. Titans wraps. Yeah. So uh, so if you're if you're you know a Young Justice fan, now's is a perfect time to dive into that streaming service because you have a full show to watch. And uh, you'll you'll be ready for the second show to start. Yeah. So.
1: I'm going to share that recommendation with you, too, because I'm behind on Titans. Yeah. Um, and I think
0: they might be doing some sales this weekend, too, if memory serves. I think Friday. they are
1: think there's Black Friday sales this uh, that, week into Cyber Monday. Monday. So, so yep.
0: this is a perfect time to, to do that. So. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, cheap plugs. You can catch this podcast as well as all other podcasts on the Next Level Podcast Network, www.nextlevelradioonline.com, a website that will soon be changing in the 2019 Uh, but we'll get you that information when it happens as well. Facebook.com slash Next Level Radio Online. And, of course, the Facebook page for this podcast, Facebook.com slash DC Primetime. Don't forget, of course, uh, leave us a review on iTunes, and we might read it on – no, not might. We'll read it on the air uh, on the podcast and give you a shout-out for it. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DC Primers.
0: Yep, and you can always find me through the Captain Crew cast of pods. Also over at NextLevelRadioOnline.com. Uh, also, a big special thanks to our good friend George Shaw at George Shaw Music. You hear his tunes each and every week on this show. Make sure to head over to his page, check out his stuff, head over to his SoundCloud, uh, and support him any way you can. Uh, and we'll uh, actually throw up a link there, too, to remind you all you can all check out our merch uh, through our Red, Bell, uh, Red Bubble spot. Uh, we actually think, I don't know if we sent out our message yet to our winner from voting day. Uh, I don't think we did. Okay. Uh, it's still, it's still going to go out We have it. I think we have everything ready to, for the purchase to yes. ship And uh, yeah So just to uh, let you all know uh, That's coming soon so.
1: Yeah. Uh, of course we want to thank you for being a part of the DC Primetime family, thank you for listening Thank you for subscribing, commenting, liking Everything that you guys do Next week, all four episodes uh, But that's going to wrap it up for this week So until next time, we will see you guys around the bend Take care
0: Peace and watch that Lion King trailer